rich, they don't get rich quick, man. Create your own economy. Cause we ahead of the crypto curve. Yeah. Create your own economy. Let's get ahead of the crypto curve. Yeah. Learn from the queen of crypto, your host, Naja Roberts. Leading people out of financial slavery through Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Create your own economy. Let's get ahead of the crypto curve. Learn to get left behind. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Ahead of the Crypto Curve, where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time. And ladies and gentlemen, that means you. I am your host, Naja Roberts, and it is my mission in life to lead my people out of financial slavery. Today is Friday, February 24th, and we have got a couple of cryptopians whose birthday is today. First, we have Sonia Johnson, Kimberly Sparks, Janine Almandos, Gerald Bennett, and Natasha Wyatt. And to each and every one of you, I want to say happy birthday. I hope this day is filled with all the love, joy, hope, peace, and love you deserve this day. Go have a great piece of cake for me today. Um, if you'd like to have your birthday shout out on the radio, please do me a favor and send me a text message at 424-317-7373. Again, 424-317-7373. And that actually goes for anything that you'd like to ask me or anything that you'd like to say. So please do that. And again, we are at the end of our Black Futures Month, our Happy Black Futures Month. And today we actually honor a couple of people because we have just had so many fabulous things going on with so many black people in this space that understand Bitcoin and cryptocurrency that are educating against all odds. Uh, we're just honoring the rest of those individuals for the next five days. We've got about 15 people to shove in here because we want to make sure that we honor them this month. But one of the people that I want to talk about right now is Oflo. We are honoring Oflo today. And Oflo is a gentleman that came up with a productive website for Bitcoin individuals. It's kind of like a Facebook, but he calls it World Star Bit Bitcoin. Just like you have World Star Hip Hop, he has World Star Bitcoin and it's a social media platform. It gave us an opportunity or it gives us an opportunity to really commune and talk to people that are in the cryptocurrency space. And uh, he's done a really great job in doing that. He educates. He's very artistic in this community. And so we thank him for his diligence and all of the things that he has done to really push the envelope farther for our community, the Bitcoin community. So Next up, we have my cryptocurrency quote, and I'm just going to say this because I think people feel because we're in a crypto winter that a lot of us are going to run away and stop educating in this space because we had a rough 2022 as it relates to other platforms doing nefarious things. They think we're going to run away. 
And they think because the price of Bitcoin is down, in their opinion, that we're going to run away. They think that because regulation is coming, that we're going to run away. And I have to say, I've been through, this is probably my sixth crypto winter. So I'm not really phased by the price of Bitcoin. I just know what we are investing in and what it's going to prove to do at a later date. So I'm not worried about that at all. And as it relates to all of the regulation and all of the things that are going down, I am making sure that I am abreast of all the changes immediately. And I disseminate that information to you so you can go to sleep at night just as well as I do. So we're going to make sure that we keep you in the know. And with that, I came up with my quote for today. And it says, I am a close the wealth gap fanatic. I will not change my mind and I will not change the subject. And that is Naja Roberts. And I am so happy to have said that today because we're going to close this wealth gap, ladies and gentlemen. I cannot tell you how ecstatic I am about the fact that we will actually close the wealth gap. And I told you as an ex-financial advisor, I used to sit and rack my brain as to what our community could actually do with the products and services that we were being given to close the wealth gap. And I could not figure it out until this thing called Bitcoin actually just woke me up out of a, a, a total sleep in the financial services system. And so... Um, I'm just excited about what cryptocurrency has to offer our community, what blockchain technology has to offer our community. So the wealth gap will definitely be closed and it won't be me that will be closing my mouth or going away because it's not going as fast as we wanted to because I know it's coming. So I'm excited about that. So when we come forward after um, we get a few Uh, earfuls from our fabulous sponsors we are going to jump into part two of our feds versus government fight I say we're in the second round we did the first round yesterday and if you're looking at my social media you saw I put two bloody fighting people on social media and on the belt I made one the feds and the other one the government because we're talking about the small fight that they're in And where it leaves our investments and what we're going to do moving forward. So when we come forward, this is KBLA Talk 1580. In a moment, more with Naja Roberts as we get ahead of the crypto curve on KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. So we were talking yesterday in round one about the feds versus the government, that they were two separate entities doing two totally different things. And in reference to the same thing, which is money, uh, one wanting inflation uh, to be crushed by raising prices and and raising interest rates and the other one wanting um, people to go out and spend because that pays the bills for the government. And so we were talking about that. But the big takeaway here is that the feds are trying to fight inflation. Prices have gone too high. They have to crush the markets to bring down inflation. But the problem is they're actually fighting inflation 
as they're crushing it, which is what their intention is. But they're also forcing the markets to do that, which to the U.S. Treasury becomes a problem because they become insolvent. So they're trying to crush the market, but they're also trying um, not to crush the Treasury. So it's a, a darn if you do, darn if you don't type of thing, sort of like. If you had cancer and you were getting chemotherapy, if you were getting chemotherapy, honestly, it's killing a whole lot of body cells in your body. And the cancer is hoped to be killed before the chemotherapy kills someone or the person that's getting the chemotherapy. And that's the same thing that's going on right now with the feds. They are hoping to bring down inflation without killing off the, the treasury and things of that sort. So um, it's just a really intricate thing that is happening right now and we're sitting right in the middle of it there is something actually called um it's called an interest expense and we talked yesterday a little bit about where the money comes from that our government spends and in this thing called true interest expense this is where the united states use utilizes those tax receipts to uh, take to its treasury, of course, and they spend that plus some of the entitlements that they get. And so these entitlements are what they utilize every single year. This money has to be spent by the government for all the things that, you know, it takes to run the government. And what is showing is a percentage of those tax receipts right now of course, are not able to be found anymore because of the fact that inflation has gone up or the interest rate has gone up and it has squashed a little bit of the spending that people are doing. And so they're working with less. And so people kind of say, you know, what does that actually look like? Well, I'm going to just say this. If you have more income going out than you have coming in, it's just easy to know what the end result is going to be. So let's just say like your house payment or your car payment or your insurance. How long can you pay not pay those things that are mandatory and expect to keep keep them? You won't. You'll get kicked out of your house or your car get repossessed or anything like that. So. Unfortunately, with our government right now, that is exactly what's happening. We are spending more than we're bringing in because of the fact that our interest rates are high and people are very lackluster and people are really being conscious about where we are in the state of our economy. A lot of us aren't because we're buying into this narrative that they put out there that everybody has a job and everybody is doing well. Go out and spend. Don't worry about it. We're not in a recession. But those individuals that have lots of money and that are really paying attention to the signs, they know that that's not so. And so what are we looking for right here? Just so you can kind of understand why we're saying 
that, um, you know, the government is spending more than they actually have and what that means for us. So and I'm going to tell you, today is going to be the day I'm going to let you know where the money that they need is going to come from. And this is facts. This is not conspiracy theory. This is what they're saying. So we have to see that back in about 2016. I don't want to go back too far, but 2016, the government was spending about 70 percent of the money that they brought in through income taxes, uh, house sales and all those other things. But the Treasury, the government received, um, they were required to spend, of course, that money. But when you start looking around 2020, it became almost 120 percent of what they had to spend. So if you're spending 120% of the 100% that you got coming in, that means you're in a problem. And so it started to go down back of around 21 and 22, ladies and gentlemen, we got back up to around 80%. And now, unfortunately, in 2023, we're pushing almost 120% again. That's not good. And the reason why it's not good is because when it happened in COVID, you all know they pushed out these stimulus checks and things of that sort and all these business loans, but they're not going to be able to do that again. Our economy cannot withstand that. So what are we going to do about that? Well, the treasury is going to go broke and we know if they can print money, they are not going to go broke. So I say that, but I also take that with a grain of sand. I know that. They can just print more money and anybody that has the ability to do that, they should never go broke. Right. But them not having the type of money in the Treasury that they're supposed to is a really, really big deal. And as a matter of fact, if you're listening to me all the time on Ahead of the Crypto Curve, you will find out uh, so many different things as it relates to um, where they're pulling money from or where they intend to put pull money from and what they're trying to figure out if they're going to tell the American people or not. So you have to listen at some of the past shows to get that. Well, the, well, what we're going to say is just here recently in on January 30th, the U S department of treasury actually announced it was going to borrow some money from January to March 2023. So we sit right now in the middle of this borrowing spree that the Treasury has done. And guess what? They are borrowing one billion dollars with a B. So we're right here right now. And that is what is happening. And um, so it's right here on our doorstep. So what we have to really give face with is what we do uh, after we find out this little bit of information. So we have Jerome Powell, which we've been talking about on the Fed side over here on the left, and he's sticking to what he said about curing or killing inflation. And he's going to stay here until the job is done. And I think I'll give you a little bit more information so you can get some context on on why these people are so just hell bent on making sure that their job is done, because for them, their reputation and all these things that happen on their watch 
are personal because they'll never get the recognition or another job somewhere. So he's sticking in until the job is done. His plans of raising rates and tightening the monetary policy until inflation come down is what he's going to do. The problem, like I said, is that the Treasury is out of business. And so Janet Yellen is on the other side and she's got some up her sleeve, ladies and gentlemen. As a matter of fact, we can see in many of the articles that she has been talking about or talking on that Yellen is already starting to worry about the loss of adequate liquidity. And she said that, of course, she was going to go broke and that the government does not have enough liquidity and she's taking steps. And I need you to listen to the word play. She's taking steps to enhance the treasury market and boost the funds resilience. And I love this part right here. She said the U.S. Treasury is taking steps to strengthen the markets because it was running out of liquidity and she was going to manipulate some things. Now, she didn't exactly say it that way, but she definitely said that they were going to maneuver. That was the word that she used specifically. They were going to maneuver. And so... What um, Jerome Powell doesn't want to do is look bad. So he wants a strong dollar and Yellen needs a weak dollar. And so right, we're right in the middle of this thing. And so the dollar index as measured on the Dixie. Um, and when we looked at it, it looked like it always looks at the strength of the dollar. So who's actually winning this fight? Is it Jerome Powell who's pushing it up? Or is it Janet Yellen who starts to push it down? Who's winning? Well, you can see who's winning. You can you can kind of see who's winning the game of tug of war. I think it's Jerome Powell right now. It doesn't stop there, though. As a matter of fact, Janet Yellen is continuing to say that with this debt accounting manure, maneuver, she's going to do quite well. So how can they maneuver the Treasury is going to be how they alter the investments that are there now. So I need you to hear me. If the debt limit has not been raised, or even if there is a new debt limit, they're going to have to do some maneuvering. And she used the word maneuvering as opposed to changing data and doing some other things. So, um, they're going to outmaneuver maneuver each other. I just don't know. But what they're planning on doing is using our retirement funds. Now, some people may say, now, how did you get that information? Where did you get that from? Ladies and gentlemen, where else are they going to get it from? They are going to borrow from our retirement accounts. They're going to pay it back later. While we review our accounts, all we see on paper is what we should have. And hopefully you don't need it and you don't need to pull it before they put that money back where it needs to go, which is in your account. So they're going to pay your piggyback bank, your piggy bank back before you actually need it on on hopes again that you don't try to do an early retirement or anything like that. And on top of that, we talked about this last week. They're changing the way the CPI is calculated. 
And so they're using different matrix. They're making numbers look good so you can go out and you can spend and you can do all of these things. And I just want to keep reiterating that because um, the American people right now feel as though the CPI, the consumer price index is low and American people look to this CPI data to figure out if they need to be spending, if they need to be saving. I know a lot of the investors that are really savvy right now are sitting on the sidelines. I will tell you in just a few some of the things of what we're doing, but neither one of these individuals that are over these two entities want to look bad. So they're going to do whatever it takes to win and not go down in history amongst their peers as the laughing stock because they just can't and they've got to follow behind those individuals that were there before them because they would be touted as the first person to allow the U.S. to go into debt and to have a fiscal crisis. If this happens, it would be on Janet Yellen. And if inflation doesn't get tamed, uh, power will go down in history as a laughing stock. And so I think they're worried more about their reputation, ladies and gentlemen, honestly, than the American people. But, you know, I'm just going to say history. Um, they just don't want to go down in these history books as failures. And so we see them fighting. So who's going to win? We don't know. Nobody has a crystal ball. But what can we do? And here we are. This is what I am doing again. I'm not a financial advisor anymore providing any financial advice. And I want you to know never to invest in anything right now more than you can afford to lose and that goes with stocks that goes with all sorts of things but I'm just going to share um, what our portfolio looks like so that you can govern yourself and you can just really kind of hear some of the things that we are doing what are we what are we doing how are we approaching this we're approaching this and quite frankly, we're really cash heavy. And when I say cash heavy, we hold our cash in Bitcoin, no longer in the banks anymore. We've seen our that's been proven to us that money can come up missing out of your account and nobody's going to do anything about it right now because they're so backlogged and some other things. So really quickly. We are in Bitcoin. We also are able to put our hands on cash if we need to. And that's a very good thing. And you should be doing that because if anything happens to the infrastructure and you've got to pay for things, you've got to have your hands on cash. But long term, CDs are good. You can earn approximately 4%. And it's not a whole lot of money, but the, the United States treasuries and money markets, again, are pretty safe right now. Um, but you're not really keeping up with inflation. Inflation is at 6% right now, um, 6.4%, and it was as high as 7.48 last year. So you're doing something, but not a whole lot. It's better than sitting on zero. So or better than leaving it in the bank and not getting anything on it. So we're cash on the heavy side and we like things like heavy energy. When you're looking at commodities, we like commodities, gold and things like that. So again, ladies and gentlemen, that is 
our plan, what's your plan? You need a plan. And one of our biggest plans is plan B and that's plan Bitcoin. So when we come forward after news, traffic and sports, we will get into some of the cryptocurrency conversations that are going on in the industry. This is KBLA Talk. The station you turn to when you had it up to here with cultural incompetence. KBLA Talk 1580. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where hate meets a scholarly match. All right, welcome forward, welcome forward. We are going to jump into our market update right now. So, we are in a... Uh, all red today and that's for bitcoin so the price is down across the board so we're at $23,174 down in the last hour 0.32% and in the last 24 hours 3.29% in the last 7 days we're down 6.10% and ethereum as you will all see most of these cryptocurrencies Follow the leader. $1,607 is where we are with Ethereum. We're down in the last hour, 0.54%. We're down in the last 24 hours, 2.74%. And we're down in the last seven days, 5.83%. And as I scroll, I see red all the way down to, I don't know where, but that's where we are. And so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, every single one of the cryptocurrencies that I am looking at all have um, red. All three lines are red. There's actually not one that is green until I get down to about the 50th cryptocurrency. And again, there's 22,000 cryptocurrencies out there. But, uh, you know, we are talking specifically about the great grandfather of cryptocurrencies, which is Bitcoin. And I'm also looking at the market right now, the market cap, we're at 1.6 trillion, 1.06. And that means that there is that amount of money in the cryptocurrency space and a lot of times we compare this to the amount of money that's in gold gold has in its market cap approximately 10 trillion and gold has been around forever bitcoin and cryptocurrencies have been around for 14 years and we're already at 1 trillion and counting we were at 2 trillion we've come down a little bit after the debacle last year where people are on the sidelines trying to figure out what's going on. However, the market still has over $1 trillion that has been brought out of banking systems into the cryptocurrency system. And so if we look at dominance around the markets, I see that Bitcoin holders are 42% of that $1 trillion. And Typically, back in the olden days, I'll say it that way, and it's not too old, but I would utilize the numbers at the top of this screen to make a decision as to what my portfolio in the cryptocurrency space looked like. So if there was 40 percent 
of users that were in Bitcoin, then I would have 52, 42% of my portfolio in Bitcoin and 18% in Ethereum because that's what it stated at the top. And then I would sprinkle the rest out amongst all these other cryptocurrencies. Again, I told you all I'm a recovering coinaholic, but because we're talking about plans and things that we're looking forward to, and I'm just sharing with you a little bit about what I'm doing and how I hold my cryptocurrency. I am, we are, I should say, we're well over uh, our dominance of 42% in Bitcoin. We're in fact, almost double that. And I have to say that I'm not a full Bitcoin um, individual that, or they call it Bitcoin fundamentalist, because I definitely know that there are some other projects that deserve my investment. There are some other teams that deserve my investment. And so I get involved with those because there is a mission behind what they're doing, be it here in our communities, recycling black dollars or helping out over in Africa. I don't know. They may be building water wells, whatever it is. I will rock with that. I'll support that. So I can't say I'm a real Bitcoin fundamentalist, but when it comes to monetary investment where I know that because I know because I know that I'm going to be able to change my family forever financially forever that's when I look to Bitcoin and so I just wanted to share that with you all today because you know a lot of people do ask well how much Bitcoin do you hold now you don't ask anybody how much they hold in the bank but I could possibly just tell you some rough figures as to what we keep in percentages and uh, cash on hand is very little just to make sure we have enough if we need to make some major moves close quickly we're able to do that so a couple of things that have hit the cryptocurrency space that you need to know about one is really getting under my skin one of the well actually both of these stories are getting under my skin today first and foremost Gary Gensler our SEC chair is playing games ladies and gentlemen but not the games that you think Gary Gensler has absolutely made a spectacle of cryptocurrency companies that really haven't even engaged in actual misconduct or at least that misconduct has not been brought to the forefront. So I'll say that because I don't want to wind up eating my words later, but I will say that these companies have not been found guilty or been Um, under any type of investigation of engaging in actual misconduct. But Gary Gensler has been cracking down on these exchanges. When the real fraud that is taking place that we know is taking place and he is nowhere to be seen. Now, why am I saying that? Because last week we finally got some of the documents from the court case as it relates to Sam Bankman Freed and FTX. And we know, and I've said this before, if you don't believe me, check, go back and check. There are a lot of our public officials that are going to have to pay the piper as this gentleman goes to court, as he goes through trial, you're going to hear from some of our public officials who were very in entrenched or um, involved with him. And with that, on February 13th, the federal judge put 
the Securities and Exchange Commission and the Commodities Future Trading Commission cases that were on FTX and CEO Sam Bankman-Fried on hold. Wow. That's all I can say. You'll be forgiven if you missed this story. You know why? Because headlines and social media were dominated by breaking news that the SEC was suing crypto firm Paxos and minting uh, and minting for Binance and stablecoin. So, again, they put out information to distract people. And I say it is the ultimate bait and switch. In fact, I'm going to start calling this the selective attention experiment. And they do a very good job with this uh, selective experiment, uh, attention experiment. And it's really sickening because it's a tactic that has happened in the past. Delayed tactic, a tried and tested legal technique. And I cannot I don't know. I'm not surprised. They're allowing this to happen while this gentleman is at home, free to soak up the sun by the pool and play his League of Legends, which he has been really bragging about. And he wants his millions of FTX customers who lost billions of dollars left waiting for justice and reparations. We've been waiting for reparations for a long time, too. So I guess they it's their turn. Right. So anyway, they put these cases on hold. And so Gary Gensler, I'm going to start calling him Sheriff Gensler because Sheriff Gensler has been on everybody's head, but he's not on the head of the individual that he met with several times before this gentleman uh, was caught doing these nefarious things. So either Gensler is a master magician and he's using all these things to distract us or he is trying not to get in front of these judges when the time comes. So um, unfortunately, the real story here is that um, it's going to be a long time before this gentleman is brought to justice. And that is going to leave a bunch of regulatory bodies on us all the time. And we've not done anything uh, and he has done something and they're not prosecuting him right now. And, you know, it took him months to even bring him in. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward, we will continue the conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. Old money, old money, new money, new money. We've got you covered. Keep it locked to the midday money chain on KBLA Talk 1580. Now, now let's get back to ahead of the crypto curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. So this next story really just kind of gets under my skin for more ways, for more reasons than one. And I can't get into all of them. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to work on this story. But ladies and gentlemen, it was reported yesterday by Bitcoin magazine that Cash App users bought seven point one billion dollars with a B worth the Bitcoin from Cash App. Again, Cash App users, according to Bitcoin magazine, bought seven point one billion dollars in Bitcoin. Now, let me just give you a little bit of a backstory why that bothers me so much. Ladies and gentlemen, when I got the contract to work with Jay-Z and Jack Dorsey, which is Cash App, uh, in the Marcy housing projects, I actually asked one of the workers, 
how many users on Cash App are African-American? And he told me a little over 62%. So if 62% of the users are African-American on Cash App and Cash App has sold $7.1 billion, that means that most of the funds that came in to buy Bitcoin came from our community buying Bitcoin. Now, you've got two black platforms in this entire country and we sell Bitcoin. And we're talking about crypto blockchain plug along with the Black Wall Street wallet. Now, those are the only two African-American uh, platforms here in the United States that I know of. Now, there may be some more, but those are the only two that I know. And ladies and gentlemen, if Cash App only charged 1% for these transactions, which I know they they spent, they charged more. They didn't just charge 1% because they added a little bit on the Bitcoin, not to mention accounts that have been compromised by their employees. That's a whole nother conversation. But just in the event that they charge 1% for $7.1 billion worth of Bitcoin sold, they made $71 million in a year off the backs of our community. And, uh, of course, you know, they picked some celebrities to come and start talking about Bitcoin and stuff like that and, and getting our younger generation into buying Bitcoin. And so... Um, the, the whole thing about recycling black dollars is so critical when I look at this number and the fact that, as I told you all, both myself and Hill Harper have been in front of a vast number of investors and they do not want to fund our organization for the most part, because it's not the big monies that they're used to getting for the sales of Bitcoin. It's the dollars, the $6, the $10, but cash apps number brings new light as to what the African-American community specifically can do when they are really trying to get something accomplished. $7.1 billion is a lot of money to have spent on Bitcoin. And so Again, I'm just disheartened about this number. And then I started doing a little bit more digging and 10 million accounts on Cash App have bought Bitcoin. And again, looking at 62 percent of 10 million accounts that have bought Bitcoin on Cash App really is eye raising. And we really need to do we need to understand that we have a lot of buying power, especially when we're in the right place at the right time. But some of the things that I see happening to help us lose that wealth, even on Cash App, is people are getting their Bitcoin stole off Cash App because they're not paying attention. There are some employee things going on that I know. And then just simple things of just about being ripped off or making a mistake in this space, making a mistake in this space, especially on Cash App, can be a very daunting task when you're trying to get it back because you can't talk to a real person. You're online uh, emailing back and forth. I've taken an issue that I've had up to the third level of supervision and nobody can cure the issue. And it's just money loss. And I think a lot of black folks just walk away 
day and say, you know what, forget it. I didn't need that anyway. But they are making money hands over fist on our community. And really, nobody's holding them accountable for that. So I am looking at how I can be a champion for change. Not necessarily, um, you know, people are going to shop or buy Bitcoin where they want to. We can't force them to utilize black invest i mean black bitcoin platforms which if they did that would definitely help us having 71 million dollars come through our door we could hire more people we could open up more locations all of those things were 71 million dollars but i think they really need to be held accountable for the misuse the not the the mistreatment of our community i again as I always am, are going through things intentionally so that I can speak intelligently about how bad the situation actually is. And I'm doing some things right now where Cash App has been an issue. And I want to know why, you know, they're just writing it off as just like forget it and again so many black folks uh, they're working they're young they're working they're I don't want to say that they're haphazard but they're not going to do their due diligence and keep staying on top of things to get their money back $500 a, a loss of $500 is a big deal but I'm finding more and more that individuals that are buying on cash app are experiencing these losses and just pretty much walking away and so yeah, Cash App is doing really well. And so uh, just stay tuned for what my plans are with that. I just found out this little bit of information along with the two other situations that I'm dealing with with Cash App. So I will let you know how that pans out. So when we come forward, we will get into our daily dollar cost average because I say a DCA a day keeps poverty away. And we are on a mission to close this wealth gap. This is KBLA Talk 1580. You're linked to the Midday Money Chain with Lynn Richardson and Naja Roberts exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. At KBLA Talk 1580, we do more than just talk. You got a big mouth. Hello, Joe, you're up. Welcome. We're unapologetically progressive and we don't black down. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to do our daily dollar cost average. As you know, we buy $6 worth of Satoshis on the air every day up until April the 1st. And then from April the 1st on, we're going to just report every six months, maybe maybe even every month as to what our Bitcoin is doing, what we've saved up for the year. So we're buying this on the Black Wall Street wallet, which is one of the only black wallets that is out here today. And we are going to click on the purple circle in the middle and we're going to click six times six dollars one time. You can set this up and forget it if you'd like to. But I'm doing it live on the air. And that is all it takes. You pick the wallet that you're going to put it inside of. And I have a KBLA Talk 1580 wallet inside of the Black Wall Street wallet. So I can keep track of that particular uh, group of Satoshis as opposed to mixing it into like my retirement account, which is in there as well. And some other things, other places where I actually buy Bitcoin, just so I can keep track. I like to compartmentalize. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are making way for the DL Hughley show. I want to thank each and every one of you for rocking with me, your host, Naja Roberts on the head of the crypto curve, where we are creating Satoshi millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time. And ladies and gentlemen, that means you. Hey.
You're listening to Nadja Roberts on the head of the crypto curve. Please follow her on all social media platforms at Nadja Roberts. No underscores, no dots, no numbers, just Nadja Roberts. Let's close the wealth gap. It's our turn. Learn or get left behind. Create your own economy. Let's get ahead of the crypto curve. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.